Greeting you with the Holy Word's peace. It's a blessed time, isn't it? We are going to have our lesson today about a kingdom life. We go to church and we, we, we hear lessons and we hear people say that they're Christians on our jobs and all of this, but what the, the issue is, are they living a kingdom life? Once we get saved and, and, and get baptized by the Holy Spirit, we are to live a kingdom life. Is that right? And so the most important thing is, see a lot of times people say, uh, uh, I'm a Christian or I go to church. No, people are looking at how you living. What kind of life are you living, right? Because we are called to live and to be an example for other people uh, so that they know who Jesus is because we're living Christ through us. Does that make sense? Yes. One of the things that when I first got into the church that caused me not to be in the church really is because of the life that we were living and I saw people living, they were just living like me. And so, and then, so I started living like them. And see, so what we got to do is acknowledge uh, that we Christians, not with our mouth, but by how we live. That's right, come on. Because your, your, wait a minute, your actions, you remember the old folks used to say it, your actions speak louder than words. That's right. So it ain't about what you're saying, it's about what you're doing and how you're living. Come on. Right? And, and it's a blessing when you live like that because your blessings come from God from up above and so he blesses us because of the way we live. That's how that works. And so the, that's why I call the Bible the commentary of life because in that it teaches us how to live a kingdom life. Now see, the thing of it is, is what's inside you that counts. What is inside you that counts, okay? And so the, uh, you can't live a kingdom life if you still in the carnal. When I first got in church, many of you probably did, when you first got in church, you, you got saved, you joined the church, but you were in the carnal. And if you read the Bible, it talks about carnal Christians. They're Christians that still live a carnal life. That's, that's yes, it's in there. Then the, uh, Paul also talks about another group of Christians. He called them babes in Christ. They call them babes in Christ. And those were the Christians that uh, he had to feed milk. He said, I'd rather give you meat, but you can't handle meat, so I give, I give you milk. And so then there's that other level of Christians, which are the mature Christians, which can handle the meat. That's what we're, and that's the ultimate goal. Then there, of course, there's the elite. Very few people get there. There's the elite. And so what we want to do is we want to elevate ourselves to the elite or the mature. That means that we have to live a kingdom life. Now, when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will elevate you through all those levels to get you to that kingdom life. And so uh, to get into kingdom life, you have to get out of the physical realm, physical realm or the natural realm. You have to get into the spiritual realm. Right. You remember the scripture says God is a spirit and we must worship him in what? 
spirit, in spirit and, and in truth. So it's, it's to, to worship God, we have to be in the spirit. And, and that's how that works. So there's, remember now, there's a natural, there's the natural. Remember, there's the one, the senses, five of them. And that's why you see some people, they're in church, and they, they go to church, and they only are entertained by their five senses. Okay? Their five senses. And, you know, you hear people sometimes say, you know, we had a good time today at church. You see, so what they're saying is, I was entertained. They had a good time, they were entertained because it, it was in their senses that responded to what was going on, all right? And then there's others that said, you know, that was a tough Sunday for me today because the Lord, through the speaker, uh, showed me, the Holy Spirit revealed to me some things that I need to change in my life. When you go to church, the thing that you really wanna do is get some information to help change your life. Because you, you don't want to live back in that old life. Remember the scripture does say, uh, all things, old things are passed away and all things become new. That means I'm now, I'm out of the old and I want the new. Well, the new means that now I'm just striving to live a kingdom life. That's right. But I have to get past that, all that. And sometimes it's a struggle because the flesh doesn't give up too easy. You have the flesh to deal with and then you have Satan to deal with. And they want that, and, and it's kind of like a war. Right. It's like a war going on. You ever have a war going on in your head? Sometimes, even as a Christian, even as a mature Christian, there's that war going on, right. but you win, but it's still a war going on there because we still have a little bit of self in it. Yeah, it's, and, 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 and that can be a struggle, all right? But so what we want to talk about and I'll be repeating myself quite a bit today because we're gonna go through th three different, one, two, three, three different versions of the same thing. But the reason I'm doing this is because I want us to get this. I want us to have a life-changing experience today with the message we get today. See, we don't go to church uh, to see what somebody else is doing or getting somebody else's business. We care less about that. We're too busy trying to mind our own business. That's right. You know, remember uh, Alvin Tyner used to say, take six months to, uh, to take care of your business and six months to stay out of everybody else's. That's right. and, 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 and that'll work because we're too busy growing. As we grow there, as we grow, then we can be a light, shining light that other people will see us and they want to follow us. Well, some people would say, no, they want to follow Christ. No, they don't know Christ. And so if they don't know Christ, we have to introduce them to Christ, and the first way we introduce them to Christ is by what we live. That's right. Because they are looking at us. And you know, when you're a Christian and you are around non-Christians, non-Christians can look and tell you everything that you're doing wrong. That's right. Because non-Christians are, are fault finders. They're fault finders, and Satan helps them to find fault in your life, yeah. right? Because fault finders, right, fault finders are going to be the ones that's going to look at something that they can find fault in your lifestyle so they can say, I don't know why you go to church because you just like me. Right. That's a fault finder. Right. And so what we want to live a life so that we're not, that these people cannot find fault in our lifestyle. All right? All right? Are you with me? And so Jesus was talking uh, to the guys 
and uh, in Luke 17, 20 and 21, and we'll come from the Amplified, I think we are. Yes, we'll do that. He says, now having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he replied, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with a visible display. See, they were concerned about when, when is the kingdom of God coming? And see, they were looking for signs for the kingdom of God, looking all around for the kingdom of God. Because guess what? They were looking for the kingdom of God through their senses. And they wanted it. They thought, hey, this is something that I can see, feel, touch, that type of thing. And what did Jesus say to them? He said, normal people say, look, here it is, or there it is. Mm -hmm. For the kingdom of God is among you because of my presence. When, when you were in the presence of God, Jesus was telling them, the kingdom of God is here with you because of what? Me. Of his presence. That's right. Yeah, because of his presence. Are y'all with me this morning? So the kingdom of God is with you because of the presence of God. Are you, are you feeling me? The kingdom of God is with you because of your presence. That's right, that's right. Of his presence. Here we go, let's go. The King James says, the kingdom of God is within you. So where's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is within us. So that we don't look all around. So the kingdom of God is within us. The only way you can live a kingdom life is through the power of the kingdom of God, which is in you. That's right. If you do not have the kingdom of God within you, you cannot live a kingdom life. You got it? That's why it's, it's, it's impossible for someone who hasn't been baptized by the Holy Spirit, excuse me, haven't been saved, born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit, to live a good kingdom life. No. Yeah, can't do it. You have to be saved, born again, out of that old nature into a new nature, which is God nature, God reproducing himself in you. So when he does that, that's called a kingdom life. Are you with me? So, so let's get that together, kingdom life. Say that. Kingdom life. Within me. Within me. All right, so that's what we're trying to do is live a kingdom life. Every one of us, that's what we should be doing, is to live a kingdom life. And if you're really smart, you won't come back next Sunday. Because we're going to talk about marriage. You can't live a kingdom life without it. That's right. And it works. That's right. So I'm just warning you, okay? But we here are not afraid of the gospel. That's right. We're not afraid of what the gospel teaches. That's right. We are here because we are learners. Yes. We're here because we don't mind being chastised. Wow. If you are chastised by the gospel, it means that you are growing. All right? All right? So the kingdom of God is within you. That was Jesus telling them that. It says the kingdom of God is within you. So you can't be looking all around. It's got to be in you. That's right. In you. Remember, that's what he told him. In you. Here we go. Pastor, let's look at the kingdom definition so we know okay. what it is. Kingdom definition or kingdom of heaven is the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king. As who, or, is, who raises as king? Who God, is king? God reigns as king. God reigns as king over your life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jesus Christ raises king over your life. Amen. That's kingdom. 
All right. Or the fulfillment on earth of God's will. So when you have uh, the kingdom of God in your life, then you can then you can fulfill God's will for you. Without it, you can't do it. That's what that is. All right? Not church. Not church. Church can't do that for you. It has to be a total experience with Christ. It's to be baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit to live it. You know, that would take care of all the gossip in churches and all the divisions in churches. You see, one of the, one of the things that Satan does is he gets in the, because you know, Paul's writing the churches here. Uh, and Jesus is speaking this, we're going to get to Paul here in a minute. Churches fall apart because people get in divisions and they have right. little groups. That's right. And them little groups, so, and they start doing their own thing. And they're not under the influence of the kingdom of God. You get them that are together under the kingdom of God, then you get power. That's right. They become powerful. Because two or three gather in his name, they be in the midst. Can you imagine? If, if, if all of these groups would get together and be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, yes, and they wanted to live a kingdom life, and they got to praying for the kingdom life to come within the church, yeah, but they first got to have it themselves, how powerful the church would be. But you got to have something before you can get something. All right? First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 through 13, and we're going to come from several versions. First from the Amplified, it says, For you remember, believers, our labor and hardship. We work night and day practicing our trade in order not to be a financial burden to any of you while we proclaim the gospel of God Paul, to you. Paul said, we don't want nothing from you. So they would work night and day so they wouldn't be a burden to the church. You know, it, it was so important for him to make sure that it wasn't a burden on the church, he says, we work night and day. So we wouldn't be a burden to you. Because he didn't want the church, that particular church, in those particular times, he didn't want them to get all caught up in the thinking about the burdens mm -hmm. that they could put on the church. So he said, we ain't gonna put a burden on the church. Right. Because we don't even want them thinking about that. All right? Verse 10, he says, you are witnesses. And so is God. How unworldly and just and blameless was our behavior toward you who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's something else. He's saying, my, our, my life lived so blameless that, it, that you saw it. And not only did you see it, God saw it. Yeah. One of the things, individuals, individuals, God knows what you're doing. God sees what you're doing. He says, not only do you want to live a life, now he was very important here. He says, it is very important that we live a life in front of people as well as in front of God. This is what the gospel is saying here. You know, sometimes in, in my younger days, I would have said, it. well, God, I don't care what people think about me. Watch out. Watch out here. You need to care what people think about you. Yes. yes. If they're lying on you, it's one different thing, but you need to think about how you're living. You can live a life, yes you can, a kingdom life, that people can admire you 
because of the way you live. Yeah, you can. That's right. That's right. It's not that hard. All right? Now verse 10 and 11 from the Passion. It says, with God as our witnesses, you saw how we lived among you. Yes. Holiness. Now we're going to stop and we're going to take these easy. He's saying with holiness. The Bible says, be holy as your father is in heaven. That's scripture. Right. And another version says, be perfect as your father is in heaven. You know, you know, we all, the easy way out, I take it, you've all taken it, nobody's perfect. <laughs> the Bible says, be perfect as your right. father is in heaven. It says, be holy as your father in heaven. So we strive for perfection. Every one of us as Christians ought to strive for perfection. We ought to strive to be perfect. Isn't it something that athletes try to be perfect in whatever sport they're in, but Christians want to make an excuse and say, well, I, nobody's perfect. You don't know who's perfect who ain't perfect anyway. You see, the Bible says you don't know a person's spirit. The only person who knows the spirit is the spirit. You see, so what we over here trying to do is we're trying to live a holy life. In, in, yeah, in, go ahead, I'm sorry. Again, he said, you saw how we lived among you in holiness, in godly relationships. In godly relationships. How are your relationships? Are they godly relationships? Mm -hmm. How are they? Are they godly relationships? You ain't talking about just marriage. You're talking about your relationships with people. That's right. How are those relationships? Do you care about people? You think about that. You see, godly relationships, you see, what happens too many times is, uh, remember, listen to me, some people's weakness is stronger than your strength. That's right. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit for some folks. If you ain't got the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to live like them. But if you have the power of the Holy Spirit, even you can live a godly relationship with somebody. Uh, ask me how I know. God lives a, a godly relationship with you. That's right. That's right. All right. Pastor, here's the important one. And without fault. So without fault. We don't want the fault finders to find anything in our lives that they can throw back in our face. Because if we live a godly relationship, you see, we're gonna live a godly relationship, the fault finders won't have anything to throw back in our face. Because the fault finders are looking, because they don't wanna to come to church and they don't wanna hear about Christ. So they're looking to find a way to denounce you and your lifestyle, so they call, they're fault finders. So there, you see, there are people that you can talk to and there are people you can't talk to because there are going to be some issues that come up in your life because they're human, up in your life, but you don't want the fault finders. You don't want to talk to the fault finders. Instead of ministering to you, they're going to denounce you. You see, and then they're going to go talk to other people. But you have a good relationship with somebody, like he just got through saying, a godly relationship. You see, I'm going to live a relationship without fault. That's right. You see, that's my, the goal of my life. It should be the goal in your life. Yeah. Have a goal. Have a plan. There it is. In anything, you have a plan. You want to be financially secure? Amen. Amen. 
you got to have a plan. You want to be healthy? Amen. You got to have a plan. Well, you want to have a great kingdom relationship? You want to be a great kingdom uh, a person? Then you got to have a plan. You see, because the, the fault finders are looking. And I've seen people who were doing really good, but the fault finders would come into them and try to take them backwards. And, and they would get caught up into it and then convince them that they weren't worthy of where they are at at that particular time in their life. Well, you remember a when. You see? And if you're not careful, you'll go backwards. You see, it's not what I used to live. It's what I am living. So fault finder, you got to go somewhere. All right? I've left that life behind. Don't, don't, don't let them talk about it. get you going backwards because people want you getting going backwards. All right? Uh, you know, a lot of people work hard at finding fault in your life. Yeah, all right? Verse 11 from the Passion, it goes on to say, For you know how we were exhorting and encouraging now, and imploring each other. Now, this is what we want to do. We're here to do what? Encourage, encourage each other. Right. We're not here looking forward. We're looking to encourage each other. Right. When is the last time you encouraged someone mm-hmm. that, that was going through something? All they need is encouragement. Right. You, know, you know, some of, some of us listen to all different types of music. There used to be a song, Try a Little Tenderness. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm probably the only one that heard that song. You, you see, you see, sometimes we need to try a little tenderness. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Encourage somebody. You see, you know, the strongest rope that some people can need to pull them up out of there where they're at is you encouraging them. That's right. Not finding fault in them but having a relationship with them that they know for without a doubt that you care about them, that you, want, that you really care about them, and you, and, and you encourage them. And sometimes encouraging people is you have to sometimes sit down with them and listen. It's not always talking, it's listening. All right? The Bible says to do this just as a father does with his own children. And see, talking about a good father. A good father encouraged their child. Many of us sitting in here, many uh, in it, uh, didn't have that from fathers. That's right. The reason a lot of people struggle in their life, they never had a father in their life that was encouraging them. You see? But if you had it, but then you look at this other kid over here, he's doing well. This young lady's doing great. She's making good decisions because she had a father, like this Bible's talking about here, a father there that was encouraging and teaching and loving and caring for that person. That's why he uses that. You see? It's kind of like if you run you got to have what they call starting blocks. Y'all know as a track coach, right? Starting blocks. If a person's in, in starting blocks, they get out faster than the other people. You see, some people had starting blocks. That's a good, strong father. Other people didn't. So they don't get out as fast. 
and they struggle in their life. And some of you can testify to that. You know what I'm talking about. You see? But a loving father, and that's why we need to be careful because the Bible uses father, uh, God uses father to identify himself and us. And so he is the pattern for us, yes, to be to our friends and family. I'm talking about in the body of Christ. That's right. Okay? Verse 11 from the message says it this way. You experienced it all firsthand. Firsthand. Saw it. Mm-hmm. Experienced it. Saw it. That's right. In them. Yeah. Did you see? With each of you, we were like a father with his child. That's what he was. Bless you. That's what he was. He says, we were. Bless you again. Bless you again. Yeah, she's getting all them blessings. We can wait with that again. He says, with each of you, we were like a father with his child. Now, this version says the same thing. Holding your hand. That's what it says, holding your hand. Sometimes I need, I know what God is. I need for you to grab a hold of me. Walk with me. Walk with me. You know, a friend. You see, I told when I was uh, uh, going through the chemo. You all know that, and I said, well, I was going through the chemo and all this stuff, and people were sending me scriptures, and I said, don't be sending me no scriptures. I know the scriptures. I need you. You tell me you love me. You're praying for me. That's spiritually holding my hand. Walk with me. Say, Pastor, I'm thinking about you. Pastor, I'm sending my love to you. We need to do that to one another. Are you understanding what I'm talking about here? This is what the scripture is trying to tell us. This is what Christians are supposed to do for one another. The worst place, more people have been damaged in church than any other place. You see? Yeah. There are people who don't come to church because so-called Christians became more of a fault finders. Yes. Than fathering the children that are coming through them doors because we're all family up in here. Right? Pastor, the scripture goes on to say that we're to whisper encouragement to one another. And when I read that, I just like that. Don't get loud. Just whisper encouragement. Mm-hmm. I remember as when, when I'm coaching, when I was coaching the little kids, I never hollered at the little kids. You know, you don't holler at the little kids. You say, you'll be okay. That's what they need. You can do it. It ain't, you can do it. Keep going, no, no, no. You'll be okay. You can do it. Just whisper. It's a kind thing for some of you all in these relationships. Quit hollering at each other. Yeah. Whisper and some encouraging words. Right. It's very powerful. You see, quit talking loud. Nobody needs to hear you loud. They can hear you. They ain't hard hearing. We got something here. I'd like to tell them, tone it down. Nobody hear you think I ain't hard of hearing. Because I know if you talk to me that way, you're talking to people in your house that way and they don't like it. They're just afraid of you. Right. Tone it down. Whisper some good things. Whisper it. You see? You got it? All right. 
goes on to say, guiding you to live lives. What? Doing what? Guiding you to live lives of honor. This is what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to guide others to live lives of honor. Yes. Moral courage. Moral courage. And personal integrity. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Somebody, there's an old saying that I have, each one teach one. Mm-hmm. Each one teach one. Each one, teach one. Get yourself in a position that your life is, is, is you so, you're right with God. And you got it together for yours. You ought to, now you're ready to teach one. God didn't deliver you just for you. He delivered you, and after he delivered you, he has work for you to do. That's why I say each one, teach one. Can you imagine if all the churches, everybody, church members, those that say they were saved, would get a message like this, and each one teach one? You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't find a place to sit in the churches, but somebody would want to sit with you. They would want to go where you're going. That's right. You see, people don't go to hear the pastor. They don't know the pastor. Some of them don't even like church but they love you and you you talk to them and they hear what is done for you, then they follow you because of the influence you had over their life. That's what the church people should be doing. And that's with all people and there's nothing on the other side of all. That's right, that's right. Pastor, scripture has gone to say, to live lives worthy of the God who saves you and calls you into his own kingdom and glory. God has called us into what? His own kingdom and glory. He's called us in to live what? A kingdom life. That's right. Amen. That's it, a kingdom life. Yeah. And into his glory. When you live a kingdom life, it brings you into his glory. Yeah. You see? You can, uh, and we need to praise him and worship him. But the main thing, are you living for him? Right. Are you living like him? Right. You see? Amen. God wants to reproduce himself in us. And when God reproduces himself in us, we can live a kingdom life. You see? And when we live a kingdom life, it'll heal somebody else. It'll heal somebody else. Right? Because we hear a lot now about emotional uh, things that people are going through, emotional. Now people don't have to be afraid to say that they have some emotional issues going on, which has been going on for years. But now, since the athletes started talking about it, it made it okay. But see, some people don't need to go to the doctor. Some people say, and that's good for some. Some people don't need to go to the doctor. They need you. That's right. right. They trust you. Talk to them, and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what to say and how to say. The Holy Spirit may tell you, lead them to a psychologist. Thank you. Uh, The Holy Spirit will do that. Are y'all with me? We need to get busy, Christians, and start acting like Christ. And start acting like Christ. You see? All right. Where am I at? Verse, Verse 12 from the NIV. Okay. Verse 12 says, encouraging. What? Encouraging. We need to be encouraging. Comforting. Comforting. And urging you to live lives worthy of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. 
We're encouraging people, not doubting them, not finding fault in them, but encouraging them and comforting them and to urge them to live the life worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. He wants us to live a kingdom life so that we, he's talking about them. He ain't talking about God. He's talking about them. That we, he's talking to a church and he's telling them, this is what we're supposed to be living. This is how we're supposed to live. He called us into his kingdom. Why would he call us in his kingdom? He wants us to go to work to do the finished work of Christ and so that we can cause other people to live in his glory. You with me? The Passion says it this way in verse 12. We comforted and encouraged you and challenged you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God. So, so, so we, we, we live in so good, we encourage other people to adopt the lifestyle of God. That's right. You see, you know, a lot of people will say it and uh, say, well, the Holy Spirit will do this. No, the Holy Spirit ain't supposed to do that. You're supposed to do that. The Holy Spirit within you, the God within you, you're supposed to be doing that. You see, we want to take it off us and put it someplace else. No, it's on us. How many people is going to be at a crossroads in their life that need you to be there? Need you to be there. You see? You understand that? God will be there. No, they don't know him. You be there. And your lifestyle and your love will affect them to the point that they want to know where you got it and who you got it from. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now verse 12 and 13 from the message. It says, showing you step by step. And, 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 and we, I said I was going to repeat myself. Because some people, you got to do it how? Step by step. Step by step. Don't get in a hurry when you're dealing with somebody's life. Some folks are not ready to jump in there. Some folks, you got to do it step by step. That's right. Step by step. You know, there's an old saying of mine that you might want to use it. It's hard by the yard, but it's a cinch by the inch. I'm just inching along. That's right. That's right. That's the pace that some people have to take. That's right. And if that's the pace they got to take, slow it down. Slow it down. It's about them, not about you. You see? If they need it step by step, take it step by step. Some of us need it, needed it step by step by right. step by step. That's right. You know what I'm saying? All right. Again, step by step, how to live well before God. And how we do that because they're looking at how we live. You see, we're going to teach them, we're going to show them step by step how to live before God who called us into his own kingdom and to his delightful life. God wants us to live a delightful life. And he wants us to teach other people how to live a delightful life. Some people need to live a delightful life. They're hurting. There's too many people in America, in the United States of America, and I'm not being political, there's too many people in the United States of America falling apart. Too many. Too many. 
Where's the church? People. People always say, where's the church? No, where's the church? People. This ain't a church thing. This is a Christ thing. And where's Christ at? In you. You see? And one of the things that Americans is, anytime we have a, a, a something going on in America, we want to throw money. We throw money at it. You know? We want to vote on a bill. They don't need money. They don't need a voting on a bill at the White House or whatever house. They need you as an individual to walk step by step with them and teach them about the power of Christ. Then they can live a kingdom life. And then when they live a kingdom life, they'll get out of the natural realm and live in the spiritual realm as we should. That's right. All right. Verse 13 says, and we also thank God continually for this, that when you receive the word of God concerning salvation. And he's talking to, guess who he's talking to here? He's talking to a church. He's talking to a church and church people. Talking about salvation. Keep going, please. This word which you heard from us. and, and, And we could do that here. You've heard us talk about it. You've read it. All right. He said, "You welcomed it, you not welcome. as the word of mere men, but as it is, as it truly is, the word of God." So he's saying this when you you went and heard the lesson, mm-hmm. you didn't think you didn't say it was just Pastor Field speaking. Right. It was the anointing of the word of God word. speaking to you. Right. You see, it's kind of like prophecy. Prophecy is God speaking to man through man. God speaking to woman through woman. You gotta get to work. You gotta get to work. You see, I tell people all the time, I don't care, get saved, give your life to Christ, do that, and then find a church that fits you. You see? But go someplace where you got a Bible teaching church that fits you. And grow. That's the last thing I say to and grow. I remember years that this has to be oh probably forty years ago or more, and when we were having all of the issues going on in America, touching you every now and then we have issues. And they were talking to all the the preachers uh, about what they should do and everybody had all of these grand things. And it was on sixty minutes. And, of course, they had the big-name preachers, African-American preachers, the big-name guys. And then they had a, they spoke to this older preacher in a small church, probably 50 people. And they, and they interviewed him, and I had never heard so much wisdom in my life that came out of this man. And I looked at that man, and it began to, what he said, touched me more than what any other preacher has ever said. Just a little old guy in Chicago, a little church in the hood as we call it, had so much wisdom. It began to, and he spoke, it sunk into my brain and it got into my heart and into my spirit and it began to make me make some changes. 
because everybody else is talking about what the government needed to do and, and what we needed to do as a people and all that, which is all right, but he was talking about what we need to do as individuals. That's right, that's right. You see? You see, if they're, listen to me here very careful. If nobody should be lonely in this country. That's right. If everybody just says they're a Christian, is a Christian. And saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit and has the kingdom of God in them. We got enough for everybody. That's right. Yes, we got enough for everybody. The problem of it is not Christ like. Flesh. You know, we got people in this country that got billions of dollars. How do you spend billions of dollars? Millions of dollars. And we have a homeless person. Let's do it this way, because if I say homeless, everybody gets to, well, they don't. We got veterans. People who fought for the freedom of the country. So you could be a millionaire or a billionaire. Homeless. Where are the Christians? Are the Christians not in the White House? There's no Christians in the government? Maybe we need to get more Christians. Less Republicans, less Democrats, and more Christians. Real Christians, you see, that are assisted by the Holy Spirit to make the decisions for them and this country. We'd make it. All right. He goes on to say that the word of God, which is effect, effectually at work in you. Where's it work at? In me. I, the word of this word will come alive and work in you. That's right. Let it do its job. How many people's taking medication? Just say amen. All of us have. There, when you take medication, you expect the medication to work in you. That's right. That's right. Here's your spiritual medication. That's right. Let it work in you. You see? And when it works in you, it will heal you. And after it heals you, it will empower you and strengthen you and give you the courage to live a kingdom life. And you will be excited of sharing your life with a non-Christian. That's right. You can say, you see, it's like me, you know, sometimes uh, someone will call me because of what I went through, and I say, well, this is the medication they gave me, and this is, this is what worked for me. And yeah, I get excited about that. I get excited about someone uh, trusting me enough to come to me and ask me, well, what kind of chemo did you take? Uh, what, what kind of chemo, what are you on now? Right. I say, I'm on Extenda. That's what it's called, I guess I pronounce it. That's what I'm taking now, for real, right now. You know, it's very good. Does not take any steroids with it, and it's uh, it's not a chemo. It's just uh, another type of medication to keep stuff down. I, I get excited when somebody asks me that. You know why they ask me that? Because look how I look. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Listen, if it's working for Johnny, if it's working for Brother Johnny, if it's working for Pastor Fields, you see. It'll work for me. That's right. That's right. Same way here. All of us were spiritually 
disconnected from God until we took Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And when we did that, the Holy Spirit got within us and started healing our spirit and our broken hearts, you see, and the stuff that was in our head and our mind, just like medication. This is your medication right here. It'll heal you. I, 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 I promise you that. All right? It'll take away your yesterdays, your sorrows, your shames, your blames, all right here in God's word. That's right. All right. There's a key, Pastor. It says, in you who believe, hmm. exercising its inherent supernatural power in those of faith. In you who believe. Do you believe? Yeah. Then you inherited what? Supernatural power. Yeah. And faith. Yeah. That's right. And I told you last week or the week before, faith is the enemy of fear. Fear hates faith. You see, you know why some people never get successful because they're afraid. You know, even people who are rich, they're not afraid. They had faith in their investment. It worked. You see, if you have faith in and invest your life in God's word, you'll be able to say my old saying, what I say, you how big? Yes, you're, you're a billion times bigger on the inside than you're on the outside. Some at a million is still okay. That's right. But you've got to trust it. Trust it. Yes. Um, we're no longer little people. We're big people. That's right. Because of the word of God. That's right. You see? It takes us from that low place and puts us on a mountain higher than ourselves. All right? In closing, Pastor, we're going to read this last scripture. Thank you. It says, and now we look back on all this and thank God, a geyser of thanks. Yeah, a geyser of thanks. I mean, that's a big time thanks. When you got the message of God we preached, you didn't pass it off as just one more human opinion. But you took it to heart as God's true word to you, which it is, God himself at work in you, believers. You. I, want, I wanted him to believe, read that. He's talking about it, us, believers. Yeah. God's word wants to work in us, believers. Right. Don't, when, when I went to church, the thing, and I listen to a lot of people now, like, uh, you, know, you know, I'm a Stanley guy, and uh, 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 he breaks that down and he begins to talk and uh, uh, he reads that, you know, how he is and does that. And I'm like, wow, that makes me feel good because I'm where he's trying to get those other people to be. You know, sometimes you ought to go to church and smile and say, God, I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. And then sometimes you go and say, God, thank you. You're showing me where I'm not at, but showing me how to get where I should be. That's where it's at. That's when you become a true Christian. You want to grow. You want to grow. I looked in the other day. I was talking to myself in the spirit. Myself, wow. I'm like, man, 
all of your friends. I was thinking, Sister Ed, about uh, the ball teams we played on, and I started looking for who played where, you know, first base, second base, shortstop. And most of all those people are gone. But I'm still here. Yeah. 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 And all of them were younger than me. But I'm still here. It's right here. Somebody said, what keeps you alive? What keeps you healthy? The word of God. Amen. 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 Everybody feeling good? Amen. Give God a hand.